Welcome to the Soil Podcast. I'm Tom L.C. Ship. I'm Jack Leeson. And I'm S.K. And today we're going to do the horror movie Bashathon. Why <laughs> a lot of horror movies are bad. Yes, because they all are. There's like four good ones. Why all like four horror good movies ones. are bad. No, I'm not calling it that. Okay, so yeah, let's just, let's just, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut around anyway, so it's just going to be a really hard jump in to, uh, why is it that when you make a horror movie to make money, it's always bad? Man, I don't know. I know you don't know. I mean, it's probably soulless, I guess. They don't get the the process right because their mind's in the wrong place. So, Tom, you and I discussed Nightmare on Elm Street, and it's and it's soulless mm. remake, as you put it. What what disappointed you the most about the Nightmare on Elm Street remake? All right, so the Nightmare on Elm Street remake made in 2010 tried to remake the the same exact story with different characters. They did a lot of superficial changes. They changed a lot of the names, but they tried to keep the same core story. Other changes that they tried to make it edgier and darker, so Freddy kind of lost his humor. He wasn't cracking jokes as much. He was just trying to be a you know scary pedophile. And that was another change, is that he wasn't a child murderer as he was in the first movie, uh, but he was a pedophile, and that's why the the parents killed him. And then they, they kept changing things, like instead of the adults... In the original, they went to trial with the child murderer, tried to get him, and that didn't work, so they took matters to their own hands, but in the remake, they just go ahead and just murder him, and <laughs> that seems a lot more irrational, and they don't really touch on the, uh, that's like a dark side kind of thing of the parents, to just go immediately to there, and I no, it just... I honestly didn't realize that yep. it was that bad, but, you know, <laughs> hearing it all put, put side by side like that, I, I really understand, and... Since Jack has no idea what what the movie's about, are you reading well, a synopsis right now? No, no. But I am just wondering if um, the remake is is bad because the changes make the movie inherently bad, or if like you went into it expecting it to be exactly like the other one. I don't think that would have mattered if it was still good. It just wasn't mm-hmm. good still. But the- right, let's check Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah go ahead. I'm sure it's going to be something in the 17% range. And so they they were going to make Freddy a, a pedophile in the original, but then they changed it to child murder, and that that makes more sense. Like pedophilia and murder are two Very completely different, different crimes, things. and it's like that's that doesn't even work like association wise because their pedophiles aren't usually violent. So it just there's a huge suspension of disbelief as well. Okay, so to clear this up, the original Freddy Krueger was... Uh, did he work in the boiler room? Did they ever say that in the first one? I don't think they did. I don't think they ever established that. I believe he was a teacher, in the, but in, in the, the remake he was just a groundskeeper? I don't, I don't know. Or, I, I, I really couldn't They were in it. preschool. It depends on how canon the sequels are. See. So yeah, a creepy guy kills kids, goes on trial, oh, wow. gets away <laughs> with it. The parents come, they burn him, they burn him alive. And he comes back and haunts the children of those people that killed him in their dreams. And if you die in your dream, you die for real. The remake is the exact same, except he was right. just a pedophile. And you don't find out till basically the climax that he actually had done it. They thought that he was being, they were haunted right, by right. him because the parents killed him unjustifiably. Because they said that he was touching them as, as right. little kids. They're like, oh yeah, he takes us to the secret cave and he takes pictures of us and does all this weird shit. And they never proved that that happened and the parents just killed him anyway. What's the percentage? <laughs> okay, so tomato meter is 15% and the audience score is 43%. It's still a nightmare. So still, we have a rotten it's still tomato. A nightmare. It's still a nightmare on Elm Street movie, so people are going to like it inherently. 
But a good point was that what's the actor's name? I can't remember his name. I always want to say it's Billy Crudup, but it's not because that's not who that is. The guy that played Freddy in the new one it is uh, Jackie Earl Haley. Yes, yeah, okay, Jackie Earl Haley. He's not funny. He's not Robert England. Robert England was <laughs> yeah. a very funny Freddy. He would come around, make jokes. He he'd do that, uh, you know, the tongue shit and lick everybody and make his arms really long. Yeah. And it, was, it was fucking funny. And this is another case of where CG took the place of you know practical effects, and it just wasn't good. It's like how they they remade it, and the what's Pennywise was just so much less funny. I don't know if that was like a thing in the eighties of horror and comedy, but it was a good like balance of the elements and. This whole like turn towards the dark side is just like you know, I don't know I want more balance I, in my horror movies I like that I think that's actually a good connection back to uh, one of our earlier podcasts is horror versus comedy and in the eighties they actually embraced the very comedic elements they recognized that yeah a bad horror movie is gonna be funny and we can use that to our advantage and make it funny and also make it scary and Nightmare on Elm Street is kind of the pinnacle of that where it's just funny enough. But in a very sycophant, horrifying way that you're like, oh, Freddy, he's, he says some funny shit sometimes, but he's still going to cut you up. I, I trust that he's going to fuck me up, dog. Yeah, he was he seemed very, very intense, powerful, demon kind of guy. And then they, it's, it's the original, so you have this whole series, and they start to develop his backstory into like this horror stew of like his mother... Well, worked in an insane oh, yeah. asylum. She was he, raped he's by the all son of the a insane masters. asylum people. His yeah, mother was, like... a, was a nun working at an <laughs> asylum, and she got locked in with the nutcases in this big room, just like like completely laughable. A thousand psychos, and they all raped her. And he's the son of a thousand maniacs. And it's like, what the <laughs> yeah, fuck? But he's not though. He's not though. He would but still that, be. He would that, still be. But they're showing that he was bad to the it's, core. It's such a nightmare image. Yeah, it's such a nightmare image. You know, even though it's it's also one of those things where it's two different crimes, <laughs> or like not even a sorry, mental illness is not a crime. I mean, it's uh, two different <laughs> kinds of uh, you know things where mentally ill people are not usually violent. That's not a thing. Did you say being it's, a uh, nun is not a crime? No, uh, being you mentally being ill. Mentally oh. ill is not a crime. Oh. At least, uh, what do you call that? Uh, institutionalized mentally yeah, ill. Right. But the image still is powerful, more than like a pedophile murderer. So that's interesting. I think I think we're hitting on something here, and I think it's important. Is that a lot of horror in the more recent era is a lot more violent, and it's not nearly as funny. Mm. And it's almost to the point where you know it's it's that it's the inherent shock value it's like it's got to be scary it's got to be put me on edge the whole time otherwise i'm not going to enjoy it but i think it mm-hmm. kind of comes from the people who were raised on the 80s horror movies they're like oh this is funny and scary but i want to dial up the funny so now all those guys are making movies and they're taking out the funny parts because they, they didn't enjoy them as much as the scary parts and now we have all this like high terror gore stuff that doesn't appeal to people because it's not funny it's just like why why am i watching this guy slash up a bunch of people it's like that's not what i enjoy i enjoy a story with like these all these different elements in play or more creativity it's just i don't want to watch a guy going around killing people i mean i want to see like a good people fight against it that's a story i don't know it's just like these remixes like you got the remix i was looking at a list of sorry the uh remix of uh different horror movies you got the omen you got halloween uh poltergeist and there's there's this kind of like icky kind of like they're just remaking it to make profit because they know it's a sure sell and that's kind of icky, you know. Was the omen so you like go bad into omen it with bad taste? Good, or actually scary? Because the original omen wasn't scary. 
It was fucking boring. I think the second one is also boring. The Omen, <laughs> yeah, the original. Omen Maybe the Omen is just a bad story. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with the original Omen. It's just it tries to be a drama most of the time, but it's it's definitely it definitely hinges on the well. He's the son of the devil, so eventually shit's gonna pop off. So nothing ex- nothing is surprising. It's just oh, I don't okay. I, I don't remember right. most of it, but I I also don't remember him doing anything. Yeah, a lot of it was just supernatural orchestration, like people falling off ladders and shit, or them getting attacked right. by the monkeys in the zoo, and it's like, okay, yeah, that's <laughs> wild. I'm sure this was crazy to film, but as soon as I saw it in yeah. theater, I was like, those are baboons, all right. <laughs> I thought that, the, actually, I thought the remake of The Omen was actually um, more aesthetically pleasing. I don't think it was any better of a movie. It might have been a worse movie, actually, but I, I liked the performances in it better, surprisingly. Mm. Even if it's just like a good remake, it's like, do I really want to? It's going to be the same story because, like, if you're doing a remake of a horror movie, it's there's nothing surprising anymore. It's it's kind of scares are already out there. That's kind of why I thought that the remake for Friday, not Friday the Thirteenth, um, Nightmare on Elm Street was going to be actually interesting because they they sowed the seeds of doubt throughout the whole movie that he didn't even do it, and he's he's like justifiably right, a monster okay. now. Like, your parents fucked me up. But you know that he's inherently evil because he's killing the kids and not the parents. It's like, if you really wanted to get at them for for shit that happened to you, wouldn't you kill the parents instead? Unless you're Game of Thrones yeah, or something. Yeah, unless you're, like, really... <laughs> I will go after your kid. Yeah, but then but then that's all about, like, the justice of, of the world or whatever. Yeah. It's like, the only way to do it is to fucking get the kids. And then what's the moral dilemma of, like, Nightmare on Elm Street? It's like, don't burn down pedophiles? <laughs> I don't understand. You know, it's like, what take do I take away from this? Hands. Even if even if the justice system I proves, <laughs> you know, cannot prove that someone's guilty, kill them anyway, because it's probably you bad. Know. You know yeah. right here. You know in your heart that he did it. So kill him. Fuck him up. Get him good. <laughs> uh, it, just, it just feels like the purge. It's like, is is that a true reflection of human nature? That Yeah, absolutely just not. Because yeah. you got to live with yourself <laughs> the other 364 days. It's like, oh yeah, I killed that guy in <laughs> yeah. person. That was fucking cool. There's no ramifications to that, except for the crippling, crippling depression that it caused. <laughs> my absolute, un- <laughs> overwhelming guilt because I killed my friend's dad, and I had to see him every day, and knowing that maybe someday he's willing to risk it all to kill me. Maybe even before the purge. How would you keep track but of all that But he does have a nice shit? car. How would you keep track of that? I killed my friend's dad. So now every day I have to hope that he's not willing to break the law to kill me. And then on purge night, you know, I gotta make sure that my plans incorporate some kind of backout strategy in case my friend comes after me. <laughs> you killed my dad last year. Yeah, I remember, bitch. Good thing I filled my house with bear traps. And he's like, well, good thing I knew you would do that. Why would you kill your best friend's dad? I know everything there is to know about you. That's a good purge movie. I want to see that. I know you're really into bears. <laughs> I want to see that. I want to see that movie. Just a, a straight parody of the purge. I think a problem with horror movies in general, and I I think probably the reason there's not a lot of good horror movies, and the point I'm going to bring up, I think, extends beyond the horror movie genre, and that is when a story is made for the sake of being a specific genre, you end up with really dumb premises. Yeah. So when a movie is made for the sake of being a horror movie, you end up with really just nonsensical bullshit just to get you to the point of somebody dying that's, or whatever. That's uh, any um, Friday the 13th sequel is just there this happened to bring Jason back to life and now he's going to kill a bunch of teenagers and you're going to get to see some titties once or twice throughout the movie. And it's like, okay, I'll spend eight bucks on this. <laughs> it might be worth it. 
<laughs> so, Maybe. Sure. So what what do you what do you think that a movie like Scary Movie is so funny? Like it's it seems the show horror and comedy are like so intermixed. Does this scary like, movie uh, make I, fun of the scary movie yeah. tropes? Isn't that why? Yeah, it's funny? yeah it's exactly. That, it's that parody awareness. You know, it's like, why is yeah. airplane funny? It makes fun of disaster movies. It's it's that hyper awareness to things, and we know that it's all coming. We just don't expect it to cascade in the way that it does. It's just it plays on what <laughs> right, we already right. expect, but it, it yeah. puts it into the light where we can say, "Yeah, that is stupid." But I really like the way that you're pointing Ever. it out because I feel smart because I know it was coming. <laughs> parody is funny, <laughs> and then like. Parody is is so random too. You can't. It's so surprising. Like horror can be surprising. Like I remember in Scary Movie, they're sitting around this uh, this huge dinner, and the guy comes with like mashed potatoes. They're all starving, oh, and he serves too. it to them. But he has like Scary Movie too. Okay, and he has a tiny hand, he and mixes, he just mixes his, his hand in the mashed potatoes. <laughs> And nobody yeah, wants to eat it except the one guy. The movie, and you're like, "What movie is this making fun of right now?" <laughs> it's got to be one of those grotesque it's ones amazing. I've never seen, like Evil Dead Two or something. It's like, what the fuck? It's funny though. But it's like <laughs> the yeah. fucked up scary. See, it's a little horrifying. Kind of <laughs> that's the kind of horror that real people have to deal with. Okay, if you go to a family dinner and someone yeah. <laughs> just one finger <laughs> single <laughs> into the Jello, just. <laughs> Ooh, it's, it's good. It's over, man. You're watching it, and that's a horrific thing to watch. Yeah, somebody puts their thumb in the pumpkin pie, and you're like, I know that I could have a slice on the other side of the pie, but I know who you are. <laughs> I know what you do with your hands. I know yeah. you don't I wash your hands after you use the bathroom. Fuck you. They might as well just walk around with wet hands and just like flick <laughs> water on everything. It's like, I know those hands aren't, aren't clean wet. I know those are dirty wet, and I don't want to so deal with it. It's it's kind of interesting. So we're touching on like how our feelings of horror and our feelings of disgust are very intermixed. About oh, like absolutely. how something like a spider, it's it's scary, but it's also gross. Or like you know, gore and all that stuff. It's uh, the body horror. At, at the risk of <laughs> at the risk of letting Tom run away with this, but I think it's. It's partly to do with the risk of penetration. I think something invading you is inherently gross. Right, or your outside's going yeah, out there, there, <laughs> instead of inside. There's something about <laughs> yeah. things mixing that we don't like. It's like you know, people who have the right. fear of like, I don't like my mashed potatoes, my peas to mix when they're on the plate together. It's it's some hyper extension of that. Or like an invader, like when you have a horror movie fo- focused around bacteria, you have the uh, bacteria invading yeah, into your body, causing all this body horror and i i find those are really good like uh the thing john carpenter's the thing that that kind of body horror was like i don't know it just like touches on this like primordial like oh god it is this creature is morphing into us and it's not us and it's all like body is ultimately it's the fear of the other it's always going to be the fear of the other it's something i don't understand and that's and like the other becoming us as well are like that that the mixing of yeah, other the, us, the mixing of cultures, the if thing. you will, is always going to be scary. Right. <laughs> I think that's what makes um, the thing a horror movie and makes a movie like Contagion a drama movie because Contagion is grounded in science and we we understand what it is. It's just it's invisible. We can't control the method in which it moves, but we can try and prevent it. And nothing we can do is adequate enough to save us from it. But you know, it doesn't have its own will. It's not a character fighting against us somehow. 
right? It's the chaos of the universe right. a little bit, or like the world, you know, disorder. And the disorder, if if it doesn't have like an agent behind it, feels less scary because it's not trying to kill you; it's just doing its thing. It's like Cthulhu, even though that little like cosmic horror blend of like agent, non agent. But yeah. all right, I think that's actually what makes uh, sci-fi films. Um, inherently scary is that it's you know there's chaos and there's the the other and then there's the unknown but un- once you give it agency then it's a real horror movie and that's what makes alien different from something like interstellar where interstellar is scary in parts because of its oh grandeur but not but not because <laughs> of the elements are actively <laughs> like after us things aren't actually trying to hurt us we're just <laughs> we're penetrating a world that we don't belong in right we weren't we weren't you know, designed or we haven't evolved to exist in that place. Fear. Wait, what is it? Uh, beware when you penetrate into the abyss. The abyss also penetrates into you. I don't think it's penetrate. Are you going to say the word isn't penetrate? It doesn't. Isn't the abyss stares back? I mean, more or less. Back, yeah. Yeah. Different body parts, but same thing. Same Your idea. Your eyes are penetrating the abyss. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Sounds right. I was actually uh, thinking about alien being one but also annihilation yeah, that's it yeah that annihilation oh, yeah, was i remember the other movie i was thinking yeah of. oh yeah because that one that was a good one that one fucking scared the bejesus yeah that's <laughs> that's a very sublimely horrifying film but i think again we fall into that line of uh forces versus agency mm-hmm. what is it it's like a like a meteorite or something. It, yeah, it's like some weird alien entity that's really yeah. just never explained. Right. It shows up, but it never like takes on a form where it explains its motives or anything. And we kind of get the idea of, in right. sort of the the resolution what yeah. it was after, and we have all these interpretations of what it was trying to do, and it stays in that kind of realm of this is very horrifying in like the fear of the abyss kind of way. Like right. it's it's inevitable, but at the same time it's like if we could just turn around and back away from it it might stay there and leave us alone. It's not going to mm-hmm. follow us. But it, yeah, it's a, it's a very scary film. Movie, yeah, I think the point of that movie is that it actually wasn't aggressive initially. And it like, all it did was sort of break things apart, right? Which is the thing that's initially scary to us while we're going through the movie. It's like, it's breaking all these things apart, putting them back together in weird ways, right? And it's totally a violation of what we expect. And that's part of what's really scary about it, especially when it happens to humans, right? And then we get to the end well, spoiler for Annihilation. Uh, we get to the spoiler end, and Natalie Portman, yeah, <laughs> Natalie Portman it comes into contact with the alien entity thing. In fact, another one of the characters like explodes out her mouth into it. It's into a glowing butthole that then coalesces into a human figure. Um, <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think the idea in it is that the thing is not originally tr- had any malicious intent whatsoever it's just trying to like understand and what it learns from humans is self-destruction i think it's kind of it was mirroring them like at the end it was mirroring and it's supposed to be a idea that the other is you or like that that mix of other and you right i think that's another um really interesting aspect of that i'm not sure if that's actually what i was afraid of during that i think definitely it was more the like deconstruction of like the human form was this right yeah that primordial fear we we know we're mortal it's it's doing things that we don't know how to counteract and it's doing things that cut to the core of what makes Makes everything work right right like time is gonna kill us and decay our bodies we know that we can't stop it Mm -hmm. that's one of our fears we will always have and art is 
a good way of like capturing that. Right. But like, so why why doesn't that work in a movie like the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street? Why do we still have this like uh, suspension of disbelief? Like this doesn't tap into the fear. Is it because I know like they're trying to do it? They're trying too hard. I think part of it is obviously genre expectation. Horror movies are are the worst for genre expectations we we know every trick in the book and like once every 20 years does a movie actually do something different that we can really say whoa that was smart <laughs> always the double fake mirror yeah, mirror yeah, turn always the bathroom mirror scene but i think the the other thing is that when you remake a film it doesn't matter what genre but when you remake a film there's expectations in that too and it's like how will it deviate how will it not and everyone has their own opinion about what makes you know the yep. best version of that especially when you have something that was kind of a cult classic because Nightmare on Elm Street it doesn't appeal to everybody but it was successful right. within itself it was very successful for a horror movie and it got to the point where it was so funny and ridiculous that non-horror fans could go see it and be like oh i've never seen any of the other Nightmare on Elm Streets but I'll see Freddy's Revenge number five and have a good time with it because it's, <laughs> my friends tell me it's going to be funny. It's kind of like when when Jack, you and me, and we went to the Paranormal Activity 3 in theater right. on Halloween or something. And it was just no one had seen Paranormal Activities except for me. Mm-hmm. And I walked in there and I actually had a good time. And everybody was just like, ooh, ghosts. Look at this found footage bullshit. And I was like, <laughs> I'm just trying to have a good time. And I think that's that's another layer to it is that we we expect Found horror footage. movies to Oof. be bad. Yeah, that's the ultimate genre expectation is that if it's not good, it's awful. Yeah, you have to have a really high tier movie to be a good horror film. There's no middle. There's well, there's S class horror what? movies, and then there's B and below. <laughs> there's <laughs> pass or there's fail. No, yeah, the, the the grading average, the curve is fucked. Ninety nine. Everyone that's a hundred pass. <laughs> I think it goes back to what Tom said about wanting a good story in the first place. When you go into the movie and it's just a horror movie, that's all you're expecting. And that's all it delivers. That, you know, that's that's it. You're, you're going to go in there, you're going to get the tropes, you're going to kind of laugh at it, and that's going to be it. But when you go into something like Annihilation, I was not expecting <laughs> that movie to be like that yeah. i was expecting something of the year of like uh arrival yeah because it the trailers made it seem like it was something like that where it was going to be super like deep psychological and and moral you know new four dimensional morals yeah yeah and god damn it. <laughs> yeah it was <laughs> fucked <laughs> that's great so i think that's another thing is that if you go into a movie you know just expecting a good movie and then there's scary elements the scary elements are way more scary because you actually give a shit about the characters and like what's happening right well, i think that that goes back to an adage we've we've discussed before with horror movies that they always pair better with another genre mm-hmm. especially sci-fi if you let sci-fi piggyback the plot then the horror elements become secondary but they really mm-hmm. shine right because you you forget after a while. You're not supposed to you're not really expecting the horror elements to come back. And even Alien doesn't stay scary the whole time. Exactly. But as soon as the, the ship starts falling apart and shit, you know, there's acid everywhere and it's like, okay. I'm starting to realize there's a really freaky fucking thing walking around and we're not just in space. We're in a toaster in space. I don't like this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if I was in that, <laughs> that toaster, would be I'd a be good fucked. funny horror movie. <laughs> okay, I wanna hear It's like what is that? Okay, I wanted to hear Jack. 
what you um, wanted to hear what you thought of a quiet place because a lot of people mm-hmm. watched that with the you know expectation of it being a horror movie and then actually were like ooh this was good <laughs> but i th- uh, think you have a different opinion i think that those were the the casual horror fans who who only see the big names you know I, I, if you're a horror movie fan going in there to see a scary movie, you you were like me and you left mildly impressed by the plot, severely disappointed by the scares. I A Quiet Place is not a horror movie. Don't at me. Don't tell me it is. It's not. Don't fucking, don't even dare. Don't, A Quiet Place, more like a boring place. Shit is fucking If you disagree, boring. show in the yeah, comments. Yeah, absolutely. Hit me up in the comments. I will fuck you up. This, this, Box it this out. fucking movie is, there's nothing wrong with it. There's, there's really nothing wrong. It's a great with it. premise. It's, it's a fine premise. I, I actually know what you know what. No, I'm taking it back. I have a problem with the premise <laughs> no? to begin with. What? The monsters. It's a little contrived. It's it. That's that's yes. It's contrived. It's a very specific kind of monster, which I I understand. You know that happens. I guess it's not anything more specific than a vampire. You know all the fucking blanket rules. But the, oh, this monster's blind. Don't make a sound, or the monster's gonna get you. Where are they? They're just around. You know, they're really fast because those two abilities pair really well. You know, being really fast and being blind as fuck. (laughs) Just just fucking obliterate yourself against a tree in 10 minutes. How do they not hear that? When those fucking things just. There's a T Rex, yeah. (laughs) Fast. They crash into a cinder block fucking wall. And it's like, oh, it could be that they they, they use seismic activity or whatever. You know, they, they they do the. the toff earthbending thing. I can see the ground. Well, what if I had a, a helicopter <laughs> and hanging from that helicopter was a brick fucking wall and it was two inches off the ground and I just started clapping at one of them and it ran face first of that brick fucking wall. Would it know it was there? Would it be able to triangulate from the helicopter? Because this seems like a powerful, powerful species that got dumped on earth for fucks just to fuck with us. Like some super intelligent alien species came by and they're like, you know what? Earthlings have had it too good for too long. They hate each other. There's disease. <laughs> they don't know how to do anything fucking oh, right. No. Time to release the death space- monster. <laughs> the blind monster. It's space Putin. <laughs> let's let's drop in the blind idiots that are really fucking fast. Not not to mention that this was made by the the you know the cute funny guy from the office yeah what's his <laughs> and name? that just kind of adds it a Krasinski. layer John, John I'm not going to pronounce his last name Krasinski John Krasinski it's very simple it's like the easiest of that region of the world my problem with it is that at the end when they figure out how to kill the monsters again spoilers shut up when they figure out how to disable them with the frequency you're going to tell me the government never tried that you're telling me the government couldn't capture one in a in a concrete block. And then just try every fucking frequency, and they're just like, okay, let's turn, let's see how it, let's see how it handles um, Rough Rider crew. Let's play some DMX and see if it if it handles that all that well. Let's let's just fuck with it forever. It's like the twenty eight <laughs> weeks. Would, it's yeah. like twenty eight days later. You're gonna tell me that the whole world government collapsed because a bunch of idiots bit each other? They're gonna firebomb <laughs> that mean. city like they did in The Walking Dead, but they're gonna do it about six fucking days before they did it in The Walking Dead. They're gonna do about two minutes after the outbreak starts mm-hmm. there's gonna be a guy in oklahoma they're like okay i guess we're gonna blow up denver city it's time to fucking <laughs> well, fireball we're gonna blow up china <laughs> yeah. 
I find the premise of a quiet place laughable the more I deconstruct it. Now, if I can, if I can suspend my disbelief, yeah. like a like an average viewer, if I could just say, "Hey, you know what? It's a movie, first of all, so stop being an idiot, and you know, you pay twelve dollars to see this. Why don't you sit the fuck down and try and enjoy it?" And I sit down in the chair, and after I'm done, fine, you know, after I'm done being mad about it, <laughs> and I watch the movie, I'm thinking, "This is okay, not scary," and that's my major disappointment. It's a drama trying to portray itself as something to be very scary but it's I, not i like that the kids are like the protagonists because they they have that helpless kind of feel to them and that's that's kind of like the horror element right that helpless i have another problem uh that balance of helpless and power yes i have another problem the the deaf daughter <laughs> Go for it, sk the deaf daughter yeah she is not fit to survive I know that the little boy at the beginning, the dumb little idiot who wants to put the batteries in his fucking spaceship so he can get killed because he can't fathom you know, consequences yet. He doesn't understand right and wrong and that there's danger <laughs> right. and death is a concept. But then there's the deaf girl who's just like, oh, I'm going to walk on the sand. That's all I got to do. I'm going to walk on the sand. I'm going to be really mad with people and give them really shitty sign language when, I, when I'm mad. You're telling me that she hasn't walked into a wind chime at some point? That she doesn't knock a bunch of shit over in the fridge? Yeah, that she would not be aware makes that kind of sound. I, I mean, the it, world, I understand that the world exists and that they've, they've created a system where everything is dampened and it's quiet enough that it doesn't bring the monsters unless somebody farts really loud. You know? I was going to say, how do you think they dampened the farts? They go into a soundproof bathroom and they just let it go. You know, they, Why don't they just live in the soundproof bathroom? Why don't they soundproof everything? Why don't they just live in that coffin where she was supposed to have the baby? Why don't you make the right. whole place They could place use the back? poop to dampen the sound. It doesn't seem like the if monsters the eat everywhere. or care about anything. It's like, why couldn't you just build a fucking dome and then just... Of poop. Keep, uh, not poop. Why? <laughs> why Why have poop? Does poop have a good... It would help dampen... Sound yeah. dampening quality? I'm not aware it can, of. It can harden. It can keep... It's solid enough. I think it would be brittle. <laughs> Probably, actually. You've, yeah. do, you've derailed my point about death You have to children. keep it wet. Did I go off about deaf people before? I think I've had a problem with deaf people before. Uh, it may have been on yeah. the, uh, the purged yes. episodes. I don't have a problem with deaf people. I have a problem with deaf characters who have abilities on par or better than people who are fully capable. So would you say that this movie was tone deaf? That's a good one. I'm going to give you that one. That was a good one. Yes. One for z- 12. I, I'm just going to say that Going into a quiet place, expecting to see, you know, the redefinition of horror is what they were calling it. They were, they were like, oh, this is gonna be, the, this is the greatest horror movie in the past ten years. You know, this is the scariest thing we've all seen. And it's like, have you seen a scary movie? Because I just saw it, and it's not that fucking scary. It still has all the shock value of any other horror movie. The monster still zips in and out of frame. You don't get to see it till the very end, which is, I guess, kind of smart. It's the classic approach: keep the monster off screen. I mean, we don't want to see. Ear is weird looking. It looks like the inside of a dog's ear. You know, when you, yeah, when you lift up really the, the flap and you're like, ooh, yeah, gross, yeah. that's a dog ear. <laughs> it just it just has that kind of like Halo 2 kind of sphincter shape. You know, just, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, like those, uh, the plant, like the worms that like open up their yeah, mouths. It's yeah, like yeah, the sphincter. Like kind of like mm-hmm. Dune. And- if I had to objectively rate The Quiet Place, I'd give it like a solid, but a flat seven. Overall. Wow, that's actually higher than I thought you were going to give it. Overall, a flat seven. The rest of the movie's good. It's just, as a horror movie, as a standalone horror movie, it's not. It's not a horror movie. Don't don't fucking at me about it. You know what? 
Good point. Six point five. That's the, <laughs> you, that's the oh, score wow. I was expecting. You fucking bro. That's as low as you're gonna you go. Brought me down. <laughs> no, because the acting's okay. It's gonna. Yeah, I like the acting. Like they had good relationships. Like well, maybe that's what they meant between by the characters. Horror genre actually having good good acting. No, no, you have to have good characters for that. Good characters and good acting, because good acting doesn't doesn't do any fucking good if the character's gonna say something stupid like "I'll be back," you know. I'm gonna I'm gonna go fuck up that alien enough, and then he racks the shotgun. You know, the action. (laughs) Any 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 shot, any action movie can end with you racking a shell into the shotgun. Just anyone can be like, "Where are you going, Bruce Willis?" And then he'll just and then it'll cut to the next scene. You don't need any more context. You already know he's gonna fuck him up. Or get fucked up. Or, oh, yeah. It depends. It depends on how old Bruce Willis is and if there's a younger, better action hero in the movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and how far into the movie you are. If it's the first 20 minutes, he's going to die. He's going to, yeah. He's, he's dead. He's donezo. Or he's going to get captured and then they're going to release him at the end of the movie. He'll come back as the as the long-awaited, bald hero, you know, Bruce Willis. The right. long-awaited, bald hero of every movie. Unless he's the main character. Then he just gets fucked up so that he can, you know, train over the Yeah, or, you know, movie, go to the hospital. Better. His whole family yeah. got killed, and now the whole right. movie's a revenge movie. He's he's bad Liam Neeson in that case. Liam Neeson, if Liam Neeson didn't know what he was doing and taken. I'm a man without a particular set of skills. I have $35,000 in my pension. I will give you all of that for my daughter back. We're going to sell her for $220,000. Okay, well, I can't do that. I can do 35000 Good luck. And they hang up, and then it's just 10 years later. Liam Neeson is now adequate with a sidearm. His wife has completely left him. Rough. I was, I was starting to think about different different genres. So, like, what if you tried to take a show like Breaking Bad? Could you tweak it so that it could become horror? Like, say you're a writer and you want to try to change the genre to horror. Do you think it would work, or would you have to start from scratch again? What do you think? Or that's kind of too abstract. You'd have to make a lot of allowances. There'd be there'd be a lot of changes. The thing is, horror is a very stripped down genre there's only so many things we can do with it you can't have a lot of subplots you can't have a lot of intricate character interaction because somebody has to be disposable unless you're doing you know one of those one of those rare routes where people die off screen but they don't really die but even then that's a cop out if nobody dies in the horror movie and it's still scary you've created the modern masterpiece i don't know how you did it but you did it i can't think of something that does that not off the top of my head because there's you can't establish stakes that way Mm -hmm. the stakes have to exist i think Horror also tends towards a very particular type of messaging. And when your story is like Breaking Bad and you have a main idea of change, essentially, I guess you could use like the metamorphosis kind of plot for it. You could tweak it that way and then make Walter White like actually get like disfigured like palpatine or something yeah yeah yeah. like over time you know the the dealing with the chemicals and shit like his hands all get all fucked up he you know yeah whatever else but a big part of that plot also is how he's a fucking master chemist so it would hard to be really good at it and fuck yourself up the whole time yeah (laughs) so i'm I'm a master chemist but i'm clumsy as shit yeah so like the maybe show he's is just... still so horrifying. Yeah, it's like the show is still so horrifying. And yeah. it's like why isn't it like horror? Though? It's, it's a moral kind think? of horror. It's like no yeah. one would go to those lengths until that becomes mm-hmm. the norm of you know characters' behavior. And it's a th- you can call it a thriller because yeah. characters are always in danger. Yeah. Right, there's always a new threat, and it's a big threat, and it hits really close to home. But you're not ever afraid that something horrific will happen. You're afraid that 
Walter's going to get caught. He's going to be exposed in some way. Somebody's going to get killed. You're never thinking Walter White is going to be captured and something's going to eat him alive. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, the, 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 I think something that makes um, a horror movie different from a thriller is that the threat involves something horrific happening to you, like being eaten or whatever else right whatever that unknown creepy thing dis- disfigurement and 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 destruction of of the human form that sort of shit right like the moral uh uh what did you say sk the moral horror instead of a physical horror or something right were you gonna say oh um i was just gonna say that if you're gonna take something like breaking bad and make it into a horror film or a horror series which i don't think horror series are very good i, I think that it doesn't support the long form it's not it's not that feasible but the, at at that point it's a crime it's a crime story because how does the monster not get caught if there's a serial killer how does he not get caught how do they not find the monster right. it's it's a crime thriller at a certain degree and i think that's where a lot of horror movies like that fall apart like the the crime thriller about you know the serial killer who's smarter than the police and he keeps getting away with it and he keeps leaving like cryptograms and shit and it's like right this is supposed to be kind of scary it's but it's heck. really not why is it not it's scary? too fun it's too puzzling yeah, because we enjoy the we enjoy the chase. Yeah. Thinking we yeah. like being part of the mob. You know, so, we we we, mm-hmm. we don't ever root for the killer. Not in that instance. We we would say, "Hey, fuck this guy. Let's catch him." It's and when the evidence <laughs> is laid out for us, it's it like, seems like can I can I make a can I make a connection yeah. before Carl Urban makes the connection? Can I do a really good job <laughs> before they find the hangman? <laughs> and you won't. <laughs> I won't because I don't have Not all the facts. And Carl Urban doesn't have all the facts, and it's a bad movie to begin with. So I think that the. But in terms of turning Breaking Bad into a good horror movie or something close to it, I would say that the closest thing I could think of is like Dracula, Bram Stoker's Dracula with uh, Gary okay. Oldman. In terms of that, like that change, yeah, he's 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 sort of that kind of the essence of perfection. He's he's very handsome, very affluent individual, but there's a monster lurking behind him, and it's it's interesting to kind of root for him because he has like a, a valid motive. He gave his life and his uh you know his military career to his country and then after losing his wife i forget how if she was like if she was murdered or if she was a witch or something and then he turns his he turns his back on god after being like a holy warrior and he he curses himself essentially oh, this, which i don't understand is this star wars <laughs> is this star wars <laughs> you just described anakin skywalker's plot <laughs> Did I? Yeah, he's a great warrior, fought everything for his country, then his girlfriend died and he cursed God and turned Didn't to the dark side of the Anakin force. But but then there's his... the puppet master. Yeah, An- Anakin no, Anakin no, caused his no, own demise. Dracula didn't do anything. Dies. Dracula's Dracula's demise was tragic. His wife was killed outside of his own control. And then he cursed God and decided to become a monster, which I still don't understand. He cursed himself. He's like, That's it. Fuck God. I'm gonna be a monster. I'm gonna be a monster among men. And then he gave himself superpowers. He was just like, "Oh yeah, fuck this guy. I'm a, I'm gonna be a bat guy. I'm a, I'm a drink blood and shit. I'm gonna live forever." And they're like, "Bat guy." And God's like, "Yeah, okay." I don't like that name. I allow it. He's in the I mirror trying not. I have bat guy. But Dracula is an interesting character who has you know motive and backstory that makes him sympathetic. We we can say, "Yeah, I get it." Not quite, but I get it a little bit. Sure. If I was, you know, a 14th century holy warrior for the, you know, the Christian Wallachia, let, let me, my, my, my wife got killed or whatever. I might say, fuck it to God and become a monster. Cool. That's, that's the equivalency of, you know, 
Heisenberg just being like, you know what? I live my life getting shit on and then God decides to give me fucking cancer. Fuck morals. I'm going to sell meth. Seize the means of productions. <laughs> it's time. Or death. It's time to sell meth. <laughs> Make that moolah. Let God come get me when he's ready. Moolah, baby. When I want to see a horror movie about a meth any anything involving meth, I've never seen any kind of thing like that in a horror movie. I was, I was gonna try and make a Heisenberg Dracula pun, but I couldn't think of one. It's very different. Darn. Tiger King, I think, is the most horrifying meth story I've ever seen. <laughs> that's 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 a life is stranger than fiction situation. <laughs> that, yeah. That's sort of that. That's sort of Way that like uh, the train crash scenario. It's like I can't stop watching. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand. <laughs> It's like no one pulled the brake, you know? And the train is really, really long. Of the abomination. It's like 100,000 cars and it just keeps crashing. And it's like, surely someone back there is aware that <laughs> the conductor is dead and everyone's dying. The last car, they're just like, no, no, no. no. <laughs> You're watching the last car. And you've been sitting there for 10 hours just like, guess what's coming? I hope you. I hope you spent those ten hours calling your loved ones <laughs> to tell them that you're going to die in a horrifying train accident that should have been avoidable. Just jump <laughs> off the train. At like, that point, surely... there's such a pile. The <laughs> train is going like hours. two miles an hour. <laughs> or maybe it's just going on the train. You know, just fucking just for fucking ten straight hours. You just watch the people as they go through the sublime horror. It's a. It's a really deep. They look at pit, the cliff and they're like, no, 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 no. They're pulling the brake and the handles don't work, and, and you're just watching from the side with popcorn, like, yep, you deserve this for being on the train to begin with. Trains are the downfall of society, <laughs> says some 18th century philosopher, I'm sure. <laughs> is that, is that Hobbes? Just like bikes. <laughs> I don't know. We need to make, I, just, I just like. <clears throat> we need to make a 30 second like little animation of that of that scenario right there. The train. <laughs> yes. Yes. The. <laughs> Yes, the horror train. It's just the train Dude, going million, by. A million fucking cuts. You understand like what's going on, and then like the last couple frames is just cutting to the person who's sitting there with popcorn and says, "You deserve this." <laughs> <laughs> popcorn, maybe a corn dog. Okay, so <laughs> get back to the inspiration for this episode. Um, Remix the the original slasher movie. Which I think is where everything—it's the—it's the untimely rise and death all at once. The original slasher movie, I guess, was Peeping Tom, but um, if we're calling it the most famous one, Alfred Hitchcock's oh, that's, Psycho. I love that movie. Um, but if we're if we're looking at the more retro kind of seventies and eighties, we're talking about Halloween, Friday the Thirteenth, and Nightmare on Elm Street, and each of those has been remade. Do so you have a problem with Halloween? Um... Remake. I have a problem with all three remakes, frankly. We're calling the the Halloween the modern slasher movie the 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 aimless killer who who kills seemingly at random. There's a very thin moral message, but apparently was not intended by the writers, so it's just it's just devastation for devastation's sake. Friday the Thirteenth takes that same idea and actually gives it a moral tale. You know, you let my son drown, now I'm going to kill all of you, and then. Nightmare on Elm Street is that to the umph degree because now the monster, the killer, is supernatural. Now my retaliation is justified, but I'm also a monster. So then there's the remakes. It's funny the avenues that each remake goes. Friday the 13th um, went to be almost a completely strict remake. Tom, did you see Friday the 13th? Mm, I don't think so. I don't think very many people saw it. It's like Freddy vs. Jason. See, that's a good movie. 
that that's a that's a good horrible movie. That's that's an S class, you know, B shit fest. I lo- I love that movie. Even like Freddy vs Jason two, because it's almost. <laughs> there, is there a Freddy vs Jason two? There is not. Is there? I don't I think there, there is. Was. Don't don't what don't. Am I thinking of? Don't bring my hopes up like that. <laughs> Freddy vs Jason is there almost is. um it's almost parody like because of its awareness of the Friday the Thirteenth series and Nightmare on Elm Street. Let's take the two killers and let's pit them against each other. There you go, Jack, with your stupid premises. Here's the here's the dumb fucking premise in a world where Freddy Krueger gets out of hell for in some reason because one one of the big things and Jack you probably don't know this one of the big things about Nightmare on Elm Street is that Freddy's power of invading someone's dream comes from awareness if they don't know he exists he can't haunt them and that that was kind of like what fueled his rage is that you know I I want to be known I wa- he wanted to be a killer in the, in the original series he wanted to be known as the child killer. But he wanted to keep. He yeah, wanted to like keep getting he was away with possessed it. Possessed by was he like possessed by some kind of demon or something? There was some kind of like spiritual thing going. He on. He just kept like hell. He demon. was a demon. He kept coming back from the dead, and he keeps, yes. came back more and more horrifying every time. But his thing was, I, I, I have to be. People have to know I exist, and if they don't know I exist, I can't haunt them. So the premise of Freddy versus Jason is he brings back Jason from the dead, who has been brought back from the death. In every single movie past the first one, because that's the premise, Jason comes back again to kill more campers at Camp Crystal Lake. Why? I don't know. But I know I'm going to see some tits, and that's that's what matters. So, Freddy vs. Jason is that, but Freddy's the one who brings Jason back. And then instead of sending Jason to Camp Crystal Lake, he sends him to Elm Street to start killing people so that they'll think that Freddy's back. So, they'll spread the fear around, and the kids will start remembering his name. Mm-hmm. Sure. But he can't turn Jason off because Jason's a killing machine, and Jason loves killing teenagers. And now there's not enough to go around, and Freddy's pissed. I I brought you back. I you're you're a hungry dog. Now I got to put you down. And they fight. Turns out Jason's too fucking strong, too strong. Even in his dreams, puts Jason to sleep to fuck Damn. him up. And Jason's like, yeah. Turns out I'm a psycho in my dreams too. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> I have no weaknesses. That, that's a fucking. That's a great movie. I I watch that every day of my life if I could. <laughs> At least once. Let's see. At least one time. What about uh, Final Destination? Oh God, those Horrible. are laughable. The first one is is like interesting in the premise. It's like, oh, what if Death had you know agency and it and it and it knew that you escaped it and it tried to catch <laughs> up. But every other movie after that, it's like. It's just the unraveling of, did he protect that person? Because I in this one, the rule is that if you save somebody, you go to the end of the list, but then death is going to chase right. you. Too much. But at this time. Too much front brain yeah. thinking, not enough yeah, core you, brain. You spend yeah. a lot of time just wondering if the movie's making sense, if it's following <laughs> its own logic. And then they introduce a new rule every movie. And you're like, what the? <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> How, though? Where is death? Why is, why is the candy man? Why does he know all this? Why does the guy that worked at the coroner's office know this? Did he escape death? Why why didn't anybody ask him? How do you know all this? Oh, I'm a coroner. I know that shit. <laughs> I talk to death routinely. <laughs> they do, they do. They never explain it. Anyway. It's just so fucking dumb. The remakes. Here's here's my problem with the remakes. Each one, Halloween, Friday the thirteenth, and Nightmare on Elm Street, they go different avenues about how they how they decided to put a twist on the original. Right. So Friday the 13th actually went for almost no twist. They decided, let's just make Friday the 13th 2, which is the one people liked, where Jason was actually in it. The first one is his mom. His mom kills all the oh, campers. Really? Yeah. People forget that. 
people people act like the first movie. I forget had, it because I've never seen any of them. So. I, I know that, but a lot of people forget it anyway. People who have seen it. Jason doesn't actually make a killing appearance until the second one. So they mm. thought, okay, you know what, fuck it. Let's skip the story. Let's jump right to the killing part. Let's get to the part where he's killing people. So the premise of the first one is, I killed all the campers because they let my son die. So the remake, his premise is, I killed all the campers because they killed my mom for letting me drown. Sure. <laughs> so it's basically the second one. And that was my problem with it, is that it was it was a straight Friday the 13th movie, but it did not do any of the goofy shit, none of the fun shit. It had an ethnically diverse cast, you know, even, even for, you know, there's a black guy, an Asian guy, three white people. Jared Padalecki was in it for some reason. Oh, really? <laughs> there was a kidnapping for some reason, because Jason has never done that before, and he decided to kidnap somebody just for the remake, you know, <laughs> just, to, just, to, just to stir the pot. Mix yeah. things up. <laughs> uh, there was weed. There was weed in the beginning of the movie. A lot of weed. Of course there was weed. There's um, some, some topless scene in the middle that is, as much as I appreciate it as a guy, it went for way too long. And the dialogue during it, was horrible. In the 80s, you could bang for like three or four scenes and it was just, mm-hmm. you know, rolling around in the bed and just, ooh, and then the creepy music would play and then maybe Jason would walk by in the hallway and he's like, I'll kill them in a minute. You know, I'm going to go kill the guy in the shower first and I'll come back and I'll javelin right. them through the bed. But the topless scenes in this ran way too long and it's hard to say that, but they ran way too long and the dialogue in them was just pointless. I I, I wish I could softcore porn. I wish I could. It's not even really softcore. It's like halfway between softcore and hardcore because it's, there's actual nudity. It was it was something else. But I remember the one line. I think about it every once in a while, just in the back of my mind. How did they get away with this? There's a there's a there's a sex scene where she's there's a cowgirl scene, right? She's on top, sure. and the guy on the bottom says, "Wow." Your your boobs are perfect. Yeah, perfect nipple placement. And I, I think about that every time I see the movie. I'm I'm waiting for that scene, not because I yeah. want to see the tits, but because I'm just yeah. thinking about it. Like, how did that guy get laid and have that thought and think he was going to get laid again? Just, and he's cheating. Yeah, he's cheating on his thinking. girlfriend in his vacation house with her downstairs, with her friend upstairs, and everyone can hear them banging. And it's like, <laughs> I don't I don't understand. And then the movie ends exactly as expected. Everyone dies. Jason jumps out of the water. You know, that's just so the the remake there they, they didn't do anything new. They didn't try to do anything new. They just circumvented all the boring parts of the original plot, which made it good. So they just like, okay, let's strip the plot. Now we're just slasher movie. Perfect. Sure. This is a this is a fucking fifty million dollar movie right here. Yes. <laughs> and we discussed Nightmare on Elm Street to death already. They decided to actually add a little bit of nuance. They they sowed a little bit of doubt. They right. did a good job of actually yeah. making that kind of make sense. But you get to the like almost humanize yeah, the monster. And you get to the end and you realize, oh, it's exactly what we expected in the in the first place. Turns out that mob mentality is correct. the 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 moral <laughs> right. the moral lesson I'm supposed to get from it is that if there's a guy who you think might be a pedophile because your t- because your five year old kids told you that he he was doing stuff to them and there's no evidence, kill him. He deserves it. Your kid shouldn't and even think like- that. What circumstances he putting them in to even think that? Kill him. There was actually a certain phenomenon at, in some part of the the U.S. and the history where maybe like the 80s or something, somebody was talking about it. How like um, there was a rumor that like nannies or these women that were taking care of kids. Okay, so like when women entered the workforce, they had more nannies. And then uh, there were all these, the parents would start to have fears that, 
the uh, nannies would be taking advantage of their kids. And so their fears got instilled into the kids because they'd ask them, like, has your nanny ever touched you? And then the kid would start to have dreams about it. They would create false memories in themselves, like, maybe. And, like, you know, kids are looking to adults to see what they want to hear. And it seems like, oh, if I say, maybe if I say yes, they're going to pay more attention to me. And then, so there's this, like, vicious cycle of, like, fake memories and, like, mm. fake accusations. Yeah. And that's that's touching on that fear, but that's very interesting. I'm sure that the creative team who brought the Nightmare on Elm Street idea to, to the remake crew, they're like, yes, this, this idea, what you just said, this idea, <laughs> yes. this is great, because it sows the seeds. But then, at some point, someone made the decision, you know what, fuck it. It's Nightmare on Elm Street. No one's going to think that hard. Either he did it and he's a monster, or he didn't do it and he's still a monster. So they're going to have to kill him either way at the end. There's nothing to learn here. Fucking absolutely stupid. <laughs> and then there's Halloween. I, uh, well, no, you got a point? I was just going to say that the moral part of that is really also embedded in the, the premise. In that if you have a weak premise, something that's totally just what the message is just not going to be there at all regardless because so something like nightmare on elm street where yeah the moral is if your kid says this even if there's no evidence kill that guy anyway right that's actually fine because all of that actually happened in reality you heard it first jack condones killing pedophiles suspected pedophiles (laughs) i'm saying the messaging As a message within the movie is fine. Yeah, no, it's a real it, like, thing. Actually, comes across. It's a real thing. It's because, things that happen in people's lives, and, right? And they actually kill him in real life, and he actually was a pedophile in real life. And then you get into the the rest of it, which is just you know, it's just fun horror movie nonsense. But like, say Final Destination, the premise is just what if death? What was it? Some uh, if death could think. What was the, if death? Yeah, if, if death, death had like a, a ledger, he's like mm, right minus five right now. Better catch up. Yeah. Better get those guys. Which is a classic trope. Or like since the, what is it, Victorian, at least, you know, death, scythe yeah. guy. Living on borrowed yeah. time. My hourglass is flipped over. The, the, the problem is that it, it's, it doesn't work that way, though. And they're trying <laughs> yeah. to present it like and it's... For an atheist. I'm... <laughs> no. <laughs> no, go on, go on. I'm not razzing you. <laughs> <laughs> just say the people who don't have any concept of what that fate might possibly exist. Sure. If I can circumvent my yeah. death, if it's supposed to happen, then I got a free ride until my next coincidental death happens. Mm. That's it. Right. So what you're saying, uh, Jack, about like if death, like as a death could think. It's just, it's, it's, it's a baseless premise. It's not, what am I supposed to take out of that? Okay, yeah, what if it did, but it doesn't? So what am I supposed to take out of this yeah, movie? There's, there's no there's no lesson to learn. You know, it's it's different than introducing, say, magic systems or, or whatever else in your story, because those, generally, the world itself has kind of changed a bit. Characters are, like, behaving based on the fact that this exists, and the world behaves a certain way. And so you can kind of suspend your disbelief because of it, and so you can still get a message out of it, because you go, it, it's basically, if the world was like this then and you know in a realistic believable way um you could have this sort of thing and you still have characters who behave like humans and <laughs> in a world <laughs> you know it but but with something like final destination where it's like oh yeah no the world is like this this is this is how the real world is so you know 
I guess don't avoid your fate because it's going to come for you anyway. I mean, what what is it? What I is mean, the point? Uh, well, what's that? What's the uh, the myth? The Oedipus prophecy. You're going to try to you're going to create your own fate by trying to avoid it. Right. I'm sure that somebody in the previs department was like, "Yeah, Oedipus. That's going to make this movie." People are gonna people, <laughs> that people are gonna recognize that that exists <laughs> in this movie. You know, fate you can't escape your fate. What is that Terminator? You can't escape your fate. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a, it's something that like happened a lot more in obviously earlier stories. It's fallen kind of out of favor in modern storytelling just because our entire society is not totally based off. Of <laughs> now we just call it foreshadowing. Gods. Yeah. <laughs> now we don't we don't point it out at the be- at the beginning. We just kind of say mm-hmm. this might happen, and if it doesn't happen, you're gonna be disappointed. Oh yeah, and uh, so the remake for uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, they make. I just read on TV Tropes, they um, they try to make connection between the Pied Piper and Freddy. Oh yeah, and Freddy, right. and then they never bring it up again. Yeah. It's just <laughs> an abandoned arc. Yeah, <laughs> it's like why? It's, it's <laughs> why a, did you do a, that? It's a case of using a symbol once and then never bring it up again. If there was just a copy of right, Pied Piper right. in his like his like weird little like hidey hole where he keeps all his Polaroids of the <laughs> the kids, that would have been fine. I would appreciate that. Get there That's and an it's Easter like egg. yeah, but it's still there. Oh, <laughs> right. We can look it. at it and be like, he really is the Pied Piper. That's what? it makes sense from uh, when he mentioned uh, the Pied Piper uh, earlier. I get it now. <laughs> Whoa. Be like Keanu Reeves up in there. Whoa. <laughs> See, if you're actually, if you're genuinely surprised, it's Keanu Reeves. If you're not genuinely surprised, but it's kind of amazing, it's a wow, and that's an Owen Wilson. That's an Owen Wilson. Wow. So it's more of a wow. Wow. Instead of a whoa. No, you almost can't, like, but, grasp what's happening yet. You're like, whoa. Whoa. No way. Well, Owen Wilson over there with his, with his, you know, his five head, you know, his big brain, he's like, wow. Understandable. <laughs> Even even Bill and Ted's Keanu Reeves. Wow. Whoa. <laughs> Ted. Oh man, I'm so, that that's something I'm gonna watch when it comes out. Oh the Oh yeah. The new That'd version of those. Yeah. I saw the finish. It's a sequel or prequel or something. It's a it's a sequel. What do you mean? They're fucking like seventy <laughs> in a, it. They're gonna do the Irishman with them now. Oh. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> the, the Bill and Ted's Irish. All right, that's a good. That's a good. Bill and Ted's Irish Adventure. <laughs> the last remake that I want to discuss: Halloween. Halloween was an interesting remake for me because Rob Zombie, who directed it, and I think he wrote it. Rob Zombie has a very particular storytelling style. Mm. It's incredibly brutal. It's it's way over the top with the gore and the violence, ultra violent, which was not the strength of the original Halloween. The, the strength of the original Halloween was you never saw Michael doing anything. He would kill people in like 30 seconds, and there was virtually no blood. There isn't blood until like the very end of the movie. And it's usually when he gets hurt. But this one, there's literally just people are slipping on their own blood. They're falling all over the ground because they just got stabbed, and they're, they're, they're running down a staircase, and it's covered in blood. Like, too much blood. Like, there's no way. Someone, there's a bucket somewhere that someone's just threw down the staircase for dramatic effect too much it's gross and i tried to like it i wanted to like it because it was a halloween remake halloween's my favorite horror film i i wanted to like it so badly and it was just so violent and the plot was just i don't i couldn't i couldn't tell you if the plot was good i can't objectively think about it i I can't i can't say is this actually better than john carpenter's 1978 halloween i don't know couldn't tell you 
It's it's like we said with the pie, you know, when someone puts a finger in the pie, it doesn't matter if the rest of the pie is good, you know? Just thinking yeah, about that finger. That's a great metaphor for how I feel about Rob Zombie's Halloween. <laughs> and then and then the fucking studio decided to be a mad lad and let him do a sequel. Which which was which was dangerous to begin with because the Halloween one two paradigm, the originals, mm-hmm. there's a very specific lore that goes alongside that. There's if there's a Halloween two it has to take place in a hospital. There's just nowhere you can't do it any other way. So what does he do? Halloween two, the remake, starts in a hospital as part of a dream sequence. Gets away from it ten minutes into the movie, and now it's a year later. That means that <laughs> Rob Zombie <laughs> was allowed to, to do anything it. he wanted, which was the exact opposite thing I wanted him to do. I wanted him to do anything John Carpenter might have wanted him to do, which he did none of that. <laughs> it was just a lot more gross, a lot more nudity. Not not like the cool kind of nudity, like boobs. It was more like when a girl gets her shirt ripped off, and it's like it's a violation. Yeah, it's not a it's not a sorority <laughs> yeah. prank. Right, it's an actual violation. You're like, oh no, I feel I feel like a party to this crime by watching uh-huh. this, and I don't want to be a party to the crime. Yeah. I wanna I wanna watch it from my right, god like- view and say, <laughs> you had it coming, you idiot. What did you think you were going to do? Bang yeah, on Halloween, yeah. you fucking idiot. The kid you're supposed to be babysitting is downstairs. You're supposed to be watching him. And right now you're getting is... some head dog? Mm-mm. No, can't do that. That's death. I hope I hope he finds you. Michael's in the hallway. I know he is. I can hear him breathing. He's coming in. You're going to be coming? You're... Then you're going to be going. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like you said in the originals, it has that perspective of the guy and he says about the nipples that it's like... So it's you have a difference of perspectives. <laughs> do you think any, any? I don't know. It's like. Uh, do you think anybody has ever told a dude that he has great nipple placement? No, no. He said that about the I'm girl. Sure, sure, it's happened. I know. That's what I mean. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure somebody in like a gym situation is like, dude, oh. nice nipple placement. And they're, and they're, it's like you know, everyone's got. <laughs> Their entire body is just flush nice. with blood. You know, you know, their their nice. legs are just every nipple five. ounce of blood is in your legs right now from a fucking dead squat. And you get up and they're like, "Dude, your nipples!" And it's like, "Hell yeah, dude! I can't think on better than a third grade level right now, but I appreciate the compliment." And that guy just hangs out. He's just right, sitting in front so of the mirror. You know, he's hella jacked. But think, he never works I think out. That's a <laughs> you never see him working out. Um, I think that's a it's a good kind of point we have there between like the remix or the remake I keep saying remix the the remake and the original so the original there's still the distinction between perspectives of like these characters and the villain but then like these new remakes put us too much into like the perspective of the killer and it's like do we really want to enjoy that and like, or is it just too horrifying? Or, like, is it just too over the top? Well, it feels like it's glorifying the violence. No. Yeah. Instead of, like, making it horrific, right? It should be treated like it's horrific. And instead, by ma- putting it into the perspective of the killer, you're almost, as a filmmaker, siding with the killer. Well, you make the killer cool. Right. They're iconic. And by making mm-hmm. and giving them, you know, updated cool designs for the movie, as soon as we see them go on screen, we're like, hell yeah. Kill that guy. Get him, dog. Right. And yeah. if we're over his shoulder while he lumbers up there with the machete in one arm, we're like, we might as well be swinging the machete ourselves. Mm-hmm. But I think that's 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 kind of that misnomer that you know, violent video games make people violent. This is more of just an animalistic release. 
where you know we're not beating our meat in the theater but it's like we're beating our 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 savage urge in the theater and watch a guy get clubbed to death it's like <laughs> hell yeah i'm not gonna do that but fuck yeah <laughs> do it get him fuck him up at some point i mean that it, dude's that getting still my that does. dude is banging he deserves to die i'm not banging right now i'm not making right now so he deserves to die fuck him get him um and that's not really what i was getting at by saying that by following the killer you're kind of glorifying it and saying that was a bad thing all i'm saying is that by doing that you're making the message of the movie be yeah yeah this is fun yeah it undermines the position of the true characters whatever their moral choice is right it doesn't we're, and, we're, and, we're, we're taking the piss out of it by saying, hey, the killer's cool, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, glorifying violence, that's been in <clears throat> storytelling forever since uh, Epic of Gilgamesh and Odyssey. It's mm-hmm. it's about the heroes, and they're, they're all murderers, mm-hmm. you know? It's just on their perspective, they're the yeah, good there's guys. A, there's a certain level of respect for it, because the violence has a purpose. Right. Right. It's right. like, it it's like Oedipus. Or ethics. There's more Oedipus kills it. his dad, but he doesn't do it because he just... He's trying to fulfill a prophecy or trying to avoid fulfilling a prophecy. I mean, he's trying to avoid the fulfillment of prophecy, but he kills his dad because he was giving him shit. You're just a guy <laughs> walking down the street and the king walks over and says, get off the fucking road. And it's like, make me old bitch. And then you kill him and his like his six <laughs> guards or whatever. And it's like, he had it coming. Honestly, that's disrespect. Mad fucking disrespect. And then you roll up to the town and like, oh, the king just died. Hmm, funny. I just beat an old man to death. <laughs> he just died. It's, t- it's time for me to be king, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, that makes sense, right? Yeah. But the violence had a purpose. Even, I mean, I mean yeah. I'm making it sound really fucking dumb, but <laughs> I'm making I mean, Oedipus not sound dumb. like the classic it is. It's a good essay. It's a good essay. <laughs> but, imagine, but I think that's I think that's an important thing is that, you know, we can say that the premise of something is stupid. Like the situation, like, I oh, fucking goddammit. Um, Con Air. Has anyone seen Con Air? Mm-mm. Okay, so Conair, Nicholas Cage is he's a he's like a marine or something, and he gets sent to jail for manslaughter. And then the 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 whole movie is him on a transport plane, and he's got to keep a bunch of psychotic criminals from getting back out into the masses. And John Malkovich is a bad guy. Um, but the premise of the movie is that he got into prison because he beat up a guy at a bar and killed him, defending his wife's honor. Okay, but it's like okay, it sounds kind of dumb. It sounds it sounds kind of stupid that this marine is going to get fucking railroaded for killing a guy at a bar when clearly there was there was fucking people who are watching. It's like he shouldn't have right. gone to jail. But in the moment, you could think of if I was in that situation, if I was a patron in the bar and I watched a marine beat a guy to death over you know just some shit he was he was talking. It's like, I mean, that guy is a lethal weapon, though. You know. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I will, I might do the same, but I'm not a marine, right? I, I would bloody the guy, and he'd probably beat the shit out of me. But Nicholas Cage <laughs> killed that guy. <clears throat> it's almost like people in positions of authority who have, you know, specialized training to uh, cause harm to others should be uh, held to a higher standard than the rest of us. Well, that was kind uh, of the point. That was the point of his trial. It's like you are yeah. a lethal weapon, and you shouldn't, you shouldn't be held to the same standards as the, as the average man. Thing is, he did kill him on accident. Yeah, but he did. He did that that move where you like shunt the the cartilage into the brain. Fucking killed him. Mm-hmm. He, fuck it, he did a bit. It was fucking whoosh, yeah. done. <laughs> the guy was dead. But I think that that's kind of the the one thing that we don't think about in a horror movie is that when we mm-hmm. suspend our disbelief, we we're suspending it for how stupid the horror movie is and not how realistic right. it might be. So the situations where somebody kills somebody and it's like he cut his head off with a scythe. Whoa, that's fucking <laughs> stupid. But in the situation, you might think, well, this guy's he's got a scythe. They're mm-hmm. on a farm. 
He wanted to kill that guy. He cut his head off with a scythe. I mean, is it really that ludicrous to think about it? I think most people probably would have like stabbed him with the scythe, or like you know. Yeah, I th- it, it takes some. <laughs> it takes some. I wouldn't buy a ticket to see that movie. Ability to though. handle the scythe. I, I want the head to come off if I'm going to pay well, yeah. <laughs> to see that movie. I'm I'm trying to think if there's something oh, I can that's... go off on real quick that I can go off on like on for a hot minute, so I can mm-hmm. end on some high energy. Any Japanese horror? Thank you. Perfect. Remake the Perfect. the ring. The ring is a remake. Well, I th- there's there's a weird circumstance there because all of those movies, the it's ring, kind of the grudge, <laughs> all, all of those movies have an Asian version with Asian actors, and then there's then there's an English speaking version with English actors. Right, right. So it's in a weird like transitional period of. I, I don't know if it's really that good or not mm-hmm. because there's a culture barrier. A lot of the things in the movie seem interesting and new because we don't understand them inherently in the West. And mm-hmm. I think in the early 2000s, I think is when that was happening. That was kind of really appealing because it was it was mysterious in a way that wasn't like any extra effort in terms of writing. It was just part of it is in Japan. The grudge took place in Japan. It's like, okay, I have to, I have to try to suss out Japanese culture at the same time. They're fighting a ghost <laughs> that is an angry emotion mm-hmm. it's not a traditional western ghost it's not a it's not a sheet over the head spooky ghost it's a it's a i'm mad and this is my spirit but mad and i have to kill everyone who goes into my <laughs> house because i'm mad <laughs> and i really couldn't tell you if they were good i like the ring i didn't like the grudge that much mostly auditorily because of the the fucking noises the, the cat noises and the uh, noises i don't i don't i don't like it it's too visceral there's too much happening it's a t- it's an affront to Overload. all senses i'm sitting in my my chair in the theater i'm just thinking i swear to god i can feel my hair on the back of my neck i just want to go home i mean oh. isn't that isn't that <laughs> the point of the horror movie not not to be uncomfortable not not to be like i can't sit still I, I understand being scared, but like yeah, to feel like there's to feel yeah, like there's a little like, bit. I don't know. Like I just got a haircut, and I'm still wearing the same shirt. That's not <laughs> yeah. how I want to feel. <laughs> right. I think that's the perfect way to describe that. I don't want to be like the whole time just tugging at my shirt, hoping mm-hmm. that I can find a position where I'm not itchy. But you know it's inevitable. <laughs> the best that you could do is go take a shower in the fucking movie theater bathroom, and then beat up the next guy who walks in to take his shirt. Because you can't just walk out shirtless, and you know you can't put the shirt back on. Put on it, that out. The thing is, if it's the grudge, he's like, the grudge you is got you good extended nipples. by after you beat the guy up and he's unconscious. You put your fucking hairy shirt on him, and he wakes up and he's itchy. That's the grudge. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> That's the grudge part, part two of our premise. Yeah. Halloween special. Thank you. <laughs> Halloween bashathon. Thank you for joining us on a Halloween movie bashathon. On a day that's close to Halloween, I believe it's supposed to be the twenty eighth. <laughs> not actually Halloween, but you know, it's, uh, that's close. I I wouldn't want to listen to a podcast on Halloween about Halloween. I'd want to listen to it the day before so I could still enjoy Halloween. Right, but is anybody right. going to be By enjoying the time Halloween's over? You're done with it. You know, people are going to go out anyway. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of people wearing like it's going to be hazmat it's suits. The twenty eighth, and you know what? They'll probably be safe because of that. They'll be unironically yeah. safe through irony. What? <laughs> Because they're wearing masks? They're wearing hazmat suits. Oh, yeah. They're unironically yeah. safe, but through ironic means. Right. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and wrap up. Um, thanks for listening. You can find us on uh, Apple Music, Google Play Podcasts, and Spotify. Really, anywhere you, you listen to podcasts or find podcasts, uh, we're pretty much available there. 
And we are, you can find us on Twitter at official underscore soil. So if you have anything to uh, to say, you have any ideas for, for podcasts that you want to see in the future or anything like that, or you have an opinion, you know, specifically about how SK is wrong, feel free to, to, <laughs> to tweet at us. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye.